You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 215. Well, hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. Are you a freelance or consultant project management professional who is looking to significantly expand revenue in your business? Do you struggle with getting your ideal clients that are willing to actually pay you what you're worth? There are opportunities waiting for you in all types of organizations and across industries, such as large corporations, fast-growing mid-market companies, colleges, universities, and nonprofits. Today, we're going to talk about a proven framework to increase your revenue and get you bigger contracts from the clients you want to work with. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by Keedin. Keedin offers dynamic project portfolio management software for growing and scaling results-driven PMOs. What makes Keedin unique is that unlike complex, hard-to-use PPM solutions, Keedin transforms the way PMOs deliver insight-led decision-making through stronger user adoption, exceptional customer experience, and powerful product innovation. Keedin is with you when you start and there for you as you grow, so you can experience a collaborative, customer-focused journey delivered by people who care. Keedin helps you be more than a status quo PMO by helping you adapt to industry trends and become a proactive PMO that embraces change. Experience Keedin's configurable end-to-end functionality that your team will actually use, giving you the ability to grow quickly and scale for maximum portfolio value. Learn more at Keedin.com and take your next step to becoming a results-driven PMO. Okay, let's dive in. Today, we're going to be talking about how you as a freelance or consultant project management professional can get the kind of clients that make it fun to do what you do. Now, with me today is my pal, Candace Benson. Now, Candace is the CEO of Benson Consulting and a certified change manager, project management professional, and process improvement specialist. Her 20 years of experience in project management and people change management has spanned multiple fields, including academia, technology, utilities, finance, life sciences, manufacturing, and nonprofits. Her team of consultants serve a global client base delivering project management services with clients she loves to work with. And she also has an upcoming bootcamp for project management consultants, which I'm going to ask her to tell you a little bit about more today. All right, Kansas, you ready to dive in? Welcome to the show. I'm ready, Laura. Thank you so much. It's great to be back with you and good to hear you this morning. Oh, absolutely. This is going to be so much fun. Okay. So I love this idea of actually working with clients you want to work with. And it's been a philosophy of ours in our business since we started 10 years ago. I choose the clients that I want to work with and it makes doing what we do so darn rewarding. And I can't wait for you to share some of these insights with folks today so that they can kind of live the good life that we've been able to live with awesome clients across industries that really are just happy to work with you. And by the way, do what you tell them to do. 
Absolutely. I think that last piece is something that is so important to me as well, right? You want to work with the clients that really respect and understand your expertise and want to hear more from you about that. So absolutely. I'm excited to dive into that. All right. Well, let's do it then. Can we start with you sharing a little bit about who this advice is for and where you think the largest opportunities are right now? Absolutely. So who we're talking to today is uh, anyone in the project management space that is a freelance consultant. Maybe they have started a smaller boutique consulting company where it's them and maybe a couple of folks as on a bench or even employees in their organization, but they're really looking to upscale and bring more revenue into the business. So maybe even potentially they can step away from delivering on projects, right? A lot of the folks that we talk to and sort of mentor through this process oftentimes find themselves, they stepped away from a job to open their own business. They wanted to become a consultant. And now they really find themselves working twice as hard, twice as long, and just created another job for themselves versus a business, right? So what we're trying to work with folks on is have a good understanding about how to really build a business that's scalable, that you can bring folks onto your team to take some of that weight off and then really have the opportunities you want to have to have your business be as big as you would like it to be and be able, like we mentioned before, to impact that many more organizations in the world with the expertise that we bring to the table. Because as you know, project managers, we have such a valuable impact on all of the work that happens inside of all of the organizations that we work with. So the more organizations that we can touch on a daily, weekly, monthly basis and bring our expertise, the better outcomes we're going to have across the board. You asked in terms of where the biggest opportunities are, and right now there's a lot of opportunity. I know sometimes we hear in the news and the stories about how there's difficulty with questions in the economy, but I think the thing that separates the role that we play, Laura, as project managers is there is always a need for us. Even when changes are happening in the economy, even when organizations are scaling down their workforce, they're not stopping those strategic projects. They still have to get that work done. They still have to meet those strategic goals that they've set for their organization. And so there's always space when you're a skilled project manager to find those opportunities. And even right now with some of the things that are happening in the world, it actually creates a little bit more opportunity for us, right? I know you say all the time, how we thrive in chaos. It's sort of what we do. We're built for that. And I think that exists also in the space of having those opportunities. So sectors like information security, cybersecurity, there's so many opportunities there, even with tech companies scaling back since COVID. There is a lot of talk right now, as you know, about AI and all of the impacts that are going to be happening across organizations. We've talked to so many companies that are bringing in and starting up new projects to focus on the impacts of AI across their organizations. And there's space there for us as PMs as well from a governance perspective and bringing the frameworks and the procedures that we can put into place. That's a really great space for you as a consultant to come in and bring some of that expertise. Other fast-growing opportunities in the healthcare space and life sciences, right? There's just significant growth continuing in those spaces. So looking at in those industries, for sure, there's a lot of opportunity. And then even looking at, for example, in finance, when you hear things in the news about some of the upheaval in some banks and some of the other financial organizations, the way we should be looking at that as consultant project managers is what expertise can I bring to the table to solve some of those challenges? 
And obviously they're looking right now for cost reduction, greater efficiencies, and an ability to streamline the resources that they have. And those are all skill sets that we bring to the table as skilled project managers. So always trying to look at when you're seeing things in the news like that, those are great opportunities for us. So I think if you're focused on those spaces, and then lastly, I would say even the energy and utility space, Laura, because right now there's so much environmental and social impacts that we need to be focused on. And our energy space is one that gets a lot of attention. And there's a lot of opportunities there as well for us to come in and help those organizations. I want to back up for a second here, because when we talked about who we're talking to, I think that's really an important part of this, because there are, I think, two different types of project management consultants. There's the ones that work with organizations like yours and mine, where they don't want to do any of that business building, sales stuff, or marketing, or probably some of the things that you're talking about here, right? There's those folks that really would love to just have the independence and flexibility of gig consulting, but don't want the front end of building a sales process and marketing process and all the things that are for people that are trying to grow a business, right? So there are two different types of people we're talking to here. There's ways to, whether you're in one category or the other, still benefit from what you're talking about here, Candice. But I think it's important to differentiate because there are people that would love to just have work handed to them. And that's kind of the people that work for your company, for my company. They can come in on projects and you can keep feeding them projects, but they don't have to worry about building their business. And then there's others that really would like to create that steady flow of direct client engagement work. And that's really the people that need to understand this framework because they're the ones that are going to have to invest that time and energy in applying this framework. So I think it's important to differentiate that here. There's all different kinds of consultants in this gig economy, right? Ones that subcontract and have the work handed to them, like a lot of our partners that we work with, and the ones specifically that need a framework. And that's what I'm excited to talk about here is this framework for those that maybe look at someone like you or someone like me. And I you know I hear this all the time. I want to be like you when I grow up. And I'm like, I'm not sure you do. (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. With the summit and the podcast, the speaking and the big consulting practice and the certifications and the programs and the impact engine system and the mastermind coaching group. Like when people say that, I'm like, are you sure? Because there's a lot of things, but we're not talking that extreme, right? We're talking about focused on building a small boutique consulting firm, right? Where you have one or a few of you trying to do these bigger client contracts and you need a framework. And that's the key, I think, is that you do need a framework for how to make it so that it's not a completely overwhelming situation. So can you talk a little bit about why now is such a perfect time to implement the strategies you're going to go into today? Absolutely, Laura. I think now is a perfect time for a number of reasons. I mean, one, as I mentioned, anytime there's a little bit of upheaval in some of the traditional economies and the workforce is making some shifts, that's always a great time as a consultant to step into the role of being able to help solve challenges for organizations. I think that's number one. Number two is that right now there are so many unique new challenges that it allows for if you have a sort of a niche in what you do well, it allows you to step into that space and really become a sort of a go-to expert, go-to thought leader in that space for the organizations that you're working with. 
So I think right now, those are the reasons why right now is a perfect time based on what we're seeing in the marketplace. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I have other questions I want to ask you, but first I really would love to give people context of this framework that you're talking about. Can you talk about the key pieces of this framework and what it actually solves? Absolutely. So we see the basically the same three kind of challenges anytime that we're talking to folks about how to grow their consulting business. It really is the first is as you can imagine, people saying, well, I don't know who to talk to. I don't know who I'm supposed to reach out to. Who is that decision maker? Who can actually buy from me, right? It's it's sort of the number one problem. Um, You know, the funny thing is though, Laura, we often say that, well, I don't know any people. I don't know who the right folks are. And so a lot of times we try to back up and say, well, let's just brainstorm a list of all of the people you do know. And it's actually fascinating how many people you'll be able to put on a list if you actually just stop to think about Hey, folks, I've worked with in the past, my neighbor who works at a Fortune 50 company, the contacts we have through sports that we play with our kids that we sit with on baseball or softball fields all weekend in tournaments and we're talking to all the time and what organizations they work in. So we actually have a lot more connections than we think that we have. And so that's the first challenge that we're looking to solve with this framework, Laura, is how do I know who the right people are to talk to? How do I avoid potentially those cold calls, right, um, to folks that I don't even know, right? And so we talk about that a little bit, and I'll give some steps around that, right, when we talk a little bit more about the framework. The second challenge, really, Laura, is how to, once you have identified these folks, how do you get in front of them? How do you even know what to do to get them to talk to you? You can imagine, obviously, as busy as we are as small business owners, and we know the folks that we serve in organizations are so busy They're in meetings the entire day. They rarely at this point have time to take a lunch break or have a chance to walk away from their desk, even to use the bathroom in some cases between meetings, right? I mean, it's really that bad in some organizations, right? In terms of the amount of time that the leaders are spending in conversation and trying to get their own work done. So how do you break through the noise to get in front of them and really speak to the solutions that you bring as a consultant to the challenges that they're having today, right? How do you get them to notice you? How do you break through that noise? And then lastly, once you have an opportunity to get in front of them, you want to make sure that you're talking about the right things. So often we do all of the work to identify folks we want to talk to. We go through the steps of making sure we can get in front of them and get a meeting on the calendar. And then we don't put our own process in place to make sure that we can have that conversation in the right way. And then we lose control of the conversation. And once you've lost control of the conversation, you're working towards their timelines now and their process. And because they're so busy and you're not their top priority, it's really hard to keep control of that and to move it forward into a buying conversation, right? Which is ultimately what you want as a consultant when you're trying to get that. So those are really a lot of the challenges that we are sort of solving with this framework. Oh, that's great. Okay. So It's how to find them. And it seems like they could be all over the place. It's how to connect with them once you do find the right people to talk to. And then it's about having the right conversation so that you can get and keep their attention and move the progress of really getting into a client engagement with them. So this is great. So can we dive into this a little bit more so that people can understand how you solve for that? Absolutely. As a project manager in a process, you mentioned before, I've done a lot of work in process. And so I always think in systems and processes for myself and and that I do, of course. And so this is the same, right? This framework is really a process. 
and one that you need to make repeatable if you want to continue to grow your business and have a consistent pipeline. So one of the things that we're trying to combat, right, is this sort of feast or famine that seems to happen with consultants. And if you are one that is reliant on recruiters all the time, for example, to get you the work. And like you mentioned before, there are some folks who that's the space they're in and and they want to do that. But oftentimes there is that sort of feast or famine, right? You don't know for sure when your project's going to end. And now if you don't have a pipeline and relationships and conversations, what's going to result from that is basically that you now have a period of time where you're not working because you're looking for that next opportunity. And in some cases, that's difficult for folks. So what we're trying to do is set up in this framework, hey, how do we create sustainable processes that you can repeat over time and build this pipeline? So the first piece of that, Laura, is really choosing for yourself one kind of visibility event that you can do each and every month. So what do I mean by that? There's a lot of ways to get in front of potential clients. One of those is, which I know you do a lot of, and I do as well, is speaking, right? Getting out in front of an audience of your potential clients and speaking on the expertise that you bring, speaking on a challenge or a topic that is going to resonate with that audience. And that's a great opportunity to potentially start to build a relationship and lead to some sales conversations when they're ready to buy from you, right? You're going to be kind of in their ear at that point. So that's one of those visibility events. And you don't have to go speak at large conferences. You can also create those speaking opportunities and those visibility events on your own. So you could hold an executive roundtable, for example, with 10 to 12 key leaders in your area or even virtually. And again, bring up a timely topic that you can speak to and facilitate a conversation. Anything that's going to get you kind of in front of those folks is a really important step in the framework. So that's the first thing is making sure you have those kind of visibility events and you want to schedule them at least once a month so that you are, number one, getting comfortable with the process. You're starting to build kind of your own network of individuals that are going to be looking for these opportunities to meet with you and their peers as you're bringing them together. And they're going to expect those opportunities to exist around timely topics that you're bringing to the table. So that's the first thing. I'm so glad you brought up the topic of speaking because while you and I are experienced seasoned professional speakers, you don't have to expect to start that way, right? When I started speaking and I guess it was probably like 20... 11, 2012. And I was asked to speak on stages about PMOs. I was the person that knew about PMOs in the PMI chapters I was working in and supporting. And they said, Hey, you know about PMOs. Can you go talk about them? And first of all, by the way, I was absolutely 100% terrified. The first thing I did on stage was speaking at a PMI event. It was like hundreds of people there and it was only on a panel, but I was terrified. Until I realized that the purpose of doing this was to serve the people in the audience. And it wasn't about me at all. It was about them and serving them. And once that clicked for me, it got so much easier, but it did take time. And you don't have to start with an event with hundreds of people. That was probably like jumping into the deep end right on my first experience. (laughs) But then I did a lot of PMI chapter dinner meetings or special event meetings and small groups of maybe... 30 people, and then larger ones of hundreds and hundreds or thousands of people, right? Like you don't start with the big ones. You can start with smaller ones and kind of get your sea legs, if you will, with speaking, right? It doesn't have to be so overwhelming. And I think 
when you're doing those smaller events, they can be more conversational. You can get more comfortable with them and engage with the audience better and just kind of get used to doing it. And that's the only way you're going to get good at it is to practice, right? Absolutely. And I think Laura too, as I mentioned, you can even create them for yourself, right? So if it feels too stressful to even go and be in front of a group that someone else has pulled together, although I would argue, of course, that's always easier because they're doing the work to put the folks in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. You can create those for yourself and bring together a smaller group of people until you're comfortable with talking in front of folks. And the benefit of doing that is you're also seen then as the connector for those peers that you're bringing together, which is also super beneficial, right? Because you're adding that additional value there. Exactly. And you can even do things virtually, right? You could do a Facebook or a LinkedIn live. You could do a small webinar, right? Like you could really get used to it over time. The point is, is to get good at talking about value that you create for for people. And I don't mean a sales pitch. I mean, actually create value for people, right? Like every one of these podcasts, we are trying to create value and teach somebody something that can go help them get better, right? This is a perfect example. So that's really what speaking is all about. But when people see that you have this expertise, not because you're saying I have this expertise, but because you're showing them in what you're teaching them in some kind of a speaking engagement, then your credentials become clear. Absolutely. And I think it's also just to throw in because I think everyone gets nervous. Yes. I think seasoned speakers, even right before you go on stage, I think you get that little knot, right? I think it's just part of the process. Oftentimes when I first started, Laura, just as a note to folks that are just getting started, you can actually admit to the audience, right? When you just first get out there, be like, whoo, guys, I'm nervous. This is great. I'm so excited to be here with you, but just call it out. And then I feel like almost sometimes when you call it out and then you start, you resonate a little bit more, right? You're human. They see that you're a real person. And I think that it also makes that connection more real with you in terms of what you're going to share with them. So I think it's okay also to be real when you're getting in front of the audience like that, when you need to, so. Sure. And I can tell you after doing this for 12 years now that I still get butterflies in my stomach, but what I've learned, and this is, I've had tons of professional advanced professional speaking training. And even my professional speaking coach says those butterflies are because you're jazzed, you're excited and you can't wait to share with people. So it's kind of redirecting what that energy and adrenaline means, because that's all it is, is it's adrenaline pumping because you're excited. And now I know that's really because I'm excited to help these people. And I just get on stage and I can just get into my zone and I'm so happy and I'm so at peace because I know I'm serving the people that need to hear what I'm sharing with them. But it didn't start that way. I used to get incredibly nervous and overdo it with the adrenaline, right? That's all it is, is adrenaline. So if you can understand that and really understand how to redirect it, to serving others as opposed to like letting the adrenaline scare you, right? The fear comes after the adrenaline. So let the adrenaline go, embrace it, be happy, and you'll get through it. And the reason I'm really emphasizing that is that this can not just only happen when you're on stage, but when you're having those early conversations with potential clients, you might also get nervous there too. And as soon as you're able to flip the switch and realize that you're there to serve and it's not about you, it's about them and helping them, that adrenaline will calm down a bit. Yeah, absolutely, Laura. And I think that feeds well into the second 
piece of the framework, which is having those kind of sales and discovery conversations. What we encourage is that, again, you practice, right? Practice makes progress. I won't say perfect, right? Because we're always looking for progress, not perfection for sure. But we want to make sure that you're having those sales and discoveries conversations on a regular basis. So once you've had those visibility events and you've spoken or you've pulled together a roundtable, you want to make sure that you're scheduling at least two of those conversations, if you can, every single week. And one of the things that has always worked well for me in my business, again, because we focus on that process and making it systematic, is actually to schedule that time right out on your calendar now for the next year. You hold those two spots. Now, of course, you're going to move them around when you actually get to schedule with the decision makers and you schedule those actual conversations. But just even holding that space on your calendar is super important because it's going to remind you that, hey, this is how I'm going to build those relationships. And I stress the relationships, right? Because not every conversation is going to initially be a sales, direct sales conversation. Those folks might not be ready at that moment to buy from you. They might not have a challenge in the moment that you need to address, right? Yeah, absolutely. You don't know, but you need to kind of consider relationship building and engagement and ongoing experience as opposed to a one-time thing. Exactly. So having that space though, to make sure that you're having those two conversations. So you might ask, well, who am I having those conversations with? Well, that's why we're building it as building blocks in the framework, right? The folks that you're meeting at your speaking engagements, the individuals that are coming to your round table, those are the individuals that you then want to reach out to and say, hey, can we set some time to have a conversation? And if they're not in a place at the moment where they have something to buy from you right away, that's okay. Then basically what you then want to say to them is, well, hey, you know what? We found it very valuable for some of the folks that we're working with to have a conversation with us about all of the capabilities that we have in our organization and all of the types of services that we offer and how we help solve problems for the clients we do work with So that if one of those things were to pop up for you, we can be a resource. And so it's okay to have a sort of a discovery type conversation to find out what challenges they have, but then also to share, hey, if you were to need it in the future, here's what we do, right? So they get to know you a little bit more because we can't expect the organization to think of us. Most people don't go into Google and say, hey, let me find a project management consultant, right? That's not how they're finding us to come in and work with them. They are going to pull from their immediate network when they have a challenge. And so you want to make sure you're part of that immediate network, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. This is great. Okay. So we've covered two parts of this framework. What's the last piece? Yes. The last piece is then you want to make sure that you are setting at least three seeds every single day that will then hopefully flourish into potential opportunities. So every day we would like to see you sending emails, making phone calls, doing something that's like putting a seed in the ground for future growth with a potential client. And so those can be invitations to those visibility events we talked about. Maybe you're going to do an insights paper around a particular topic that you think is really pertinent in the industry right now or a niche that you cover as a project manager. And so you want to do some insights interviews in order to put together some of that research that then you can share out with other potential customers as well. And that's a really great way you reach out to individuals and let them know, hey, I want to talk to you for 15, 20 minutes about this particular topic and just get some of your insights at your organization. 
And I have always found that people are definitely willing to participate in that and share their insights and the experiences they've been going through. And so that's one of those potential seeds you can plant. And sometimes it's more of a nurture seed, right? If it's somebody in your network that you're trying to build a relationship with, but you don't necessarily have a reason to be in front of them right now, you want to make sure you're still always adding value and planting those seeds, right? So maybe it's an article that comes out from PMI around the new focus on power skills. And you want to share that because you want your potential clients to understand, hey, these are things you need to be looking for in your team and building out in your team. And yeah, oh, by the way, we probably could help you with that in the future. But right now we're just letting you know, this is an important piece of research that you should be aware of for your organization. So we want to encourage everyone, again, to put three times a day at least to schedule some time in your calendar to be kind of planting those seeds for the future. And then what you start to see, of course, Laura, is those things coming to fruition and starting to build in terms of the form of those conversations we talked about in the second part of the framework. That's great. And it doesn't have to be complicated, but what your potential future clients want to see is that you are making it about them and giving them something valuable, right? You're exchanging value. And in the early conversations, it's not necessarily asking them for anything in return, which I think is important, right? And you can do that in tons of different forms. For example, this podcast, this is tons of free value to the community and there's specific episodes for different targets and it's about sharing value with the community. However, if people are interested in pursuing with us, they can get a lot of value from us before ever engaging in any kind of client engagement or buying our services so that they can know what we're about. They will determine if they like what they hear and they will build trust with us. And it's all real. Like our clients love us and there's a reason for that, right? We take very good care of our clients and that's really important to me. But I also want to make sure that they have access to resources that are supporting them wherever they are in their journey, even if they're not ready to buy. And I think that's a really important mindset to have here, Candace, that you teach folks in this framework. So you have an upcoming program that where you're going to be teaching this framework. Is that right? That's right, Laura. Thank you for asking. We actually have what we call our project management business bootcamp, which is a longer six month program. But what we want to do this summer is actually provide an opportunity for individuals that want to kind of dip their toe in and see if this is something that they might be interested in, in in terms of growing their business. And again, that's for any project management consultant, freelancer, kind of smaller agency that you're trying to build up. We're going to run that the week of August 14th. And it's going to be a combination of some trainings, some coaching, some kind of spot mentorship around challenges that they're facing around this particular framework. And really hoping that coming out of that for them, of course, the objective would be that they have this framework sort of built into their schedule, that they now have some folks that they know they can go out and reach out to and have conversations with. And then throughout that boot camp, that week of summer boot camp, we'll be able to help them through that process with some scripting, some ways to talk to those potential buyers, to your point, to talk about how do they add value. Clients don't want to hear about our process, right? We want to talk right. about our process all the time because we love our process, right? And we're process oriented, right. but they don't want to hear about our process. They want to hear about how do you solve problems for me and how do you help me solve this challenge I'm having right now? So the idea of this summer boot camp is really to dive into the framework, get people kind of used to that and provide some of that mentorship and coaching for them um, to take those next steps in building out their business. 
And so where would people go if they wanted to learn more about that boot camp or this summer session that you're doing? Yeah, they can find information, Laura, for that readout on our website. So that's at uh, bensonconsultinginc.com and all the information will be right there. And then of course, they could also reach out to me or my team and we can share information about that and they can get that information on the website as well. Great, that's awesome. Now I have one yeah, but question that I wanna ask you really quick. If we can just kind of do a quick answer to this to just kind of squash the yeah, but monster that might be crawling up on people's shoulders and saying, yeah, but I don't think I can compete with the large consulting firms out there like the Accentures and the McKinsey's and all that. How do I compete? in that space when there's so many big guys that are really dominating the market? How does a small consulting boutique firm even have a chance? Yeah, that's such a great question, Laura. And one, I think that we all struggle with when we're small, right? But I believe wholeheartedly that we as small business owners actually bring so much value that some of those larger organizations can't provide because they are so big right? It's that sort of concept of turning the Titanic around, right? We are as small business owners and as gig consultants, we are able to be more agile and responsive to the needs of our clients. We can adjust our Mm -hmm. strategy and our approach much more quickly. And so I think that's really the competitive edge that we bring. Oftentimes also when you are a small business consultant, you have particular niche in an area and a particular expertise that you can bring to the table that your clients are going to get from you and know that they're getting that from you from the conversations you're having, right? Versus having a conversation with you and then getting potentially a number of folks that don't really have that expertise that are coming in as part of that team. And then lastly, of course, competitive pricing, right? We don't have the overhead that these larger organizations have. And so that definitely is, while we of course want to get the value and the larger contracts that we deserve for the expertise we bring, we are able to be more competitive for those organizations because we, again, don't have that overhead to also cover in addition to our labor costs that we're trying to cover for the work that we're doing. That's a really big one with respect to the big consultants will bring in the top people with the biggest expertise to sell the deal. But then when it comes to actually implementing it, you've got people that are fresh out of school that don't have any experience and They're just following a checklist or a process as opposed to actually knowing how to consult, advise, guide you, et cetera. That's why all of our consultants, having had that experience inside organizations, when I was hiring the big consultants, I never want to be that kind of organization. So now when we do work, all of our consultants are trained and certified in our approach and bring tons of experience to the table themselves so that they can really guide our clients on this journey from real world experience, as opposed to just following a checklist or a process and not having any idea how it works. So I think that's huge. Awesome. This is so good. Well, I hope we're able to get rid of the yeah, but monster for anyone saying that they couldn't possibly do this. And if you go to Candice's bootcamp and find out more about how her team supports you with this summer program, then I think you'll have the answers that you're looking for. So Candice, before we wrap up here really quickly, can you just share what you're going to be talking about at this year's Impact Summit so people can get excited about your session? Absolutely, Laura. I am so excited to be coming back to the Impact Summit and sharing again this year. So thank you for that opportunity. We're going to talk this year about the real cracks in the structure of your projects when we have projects shockingly still 
that have such a low rate of success inside of organizations and companies are still investing, of course, so much money and resources and time into these projects. And what we found is there's a lot of a need for a focus on the people, change management pieces, and the real sort of strategic change management elements that need to be brought into projects from the very beginning of projects in order to make those successful. So not talking about just implementing your training plan, your communication plan, right? Some of the more tactical things that we think about sometimes as it relates to change management, but in order to really have increase in success and adoption of our projects, there's some key areas that we need to make sure we're focused on in the delivery of our projects. And so we're going to talk a lot about how from the very beginning of the project, you set yourself up for success, the champions and the folks that you need to be part of that process. And then what are those warning signs, Laura, that you can be watching for so that if you start to see those in your projects, you know, you have to make some tweaks and some pivots to get yourself back on track before you really see some cracks in that structure. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're excited to bring that to the audience. Oh, that's going to be so good. All right, Impact Driver, if you have not registered for the Impact Summit, make sure you go do it right now. It's impactsummit.global. That's impactsummit.global so that you can catch Candice's session and all the great content we have coming up at this year's Impact Summit. Well, Candice, thank you so much for being here today. I'm super excited to be able to have you back on the podcast and share you with the audience. And I'll see you in September. Wonderful, Laura. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right, Impact Driver, that's it for this session today. I am so excited to see you at this year's Impact Summit. Definitely say hi to Candice inside the mobile app and let's get this party started. Bye-bye for now.